And that's how I met my now business partner, who is also a true multi-passionate. She was with a different network marketing company, but she slid into my DMs and we went out for coffee and, but we just wanted to learn from each other and we just kept meeting up and supporting each other. And that's how it, it turned into now a multi-passionate mentorship program. And we, we also have a podcast and everything. So like you said, like there's tons of us. Welcome to the She Shines podcast with your hosts, brand photographer and serial entrepreneur, Anna Laura, and super proud career woman with a passion for entrepreneurship, Alex. Tune in for some connection, community, and girl talk. Plus, join their conversations with other entrepreneurs and professionals who've been there, built that, and are paying it forward. They'll take your burning questions and turn them into actionable steps with a glass of champagne in hand. Here we go. One of our favorite things about the entrepreneurial community is just that community and getting to connect with fellow multi-passionate entrepreneurs is just the best. So you can imagine how pumped I was when I got a chance to sit down as a guest with Jenny O'Connor on her podcast, Multi-Passionate Like a Boss. And in this hilarious episode, these ladies discuss what it's like to lose a sibling at a young age, how entrepreneurship was modeled by Anna Laura's parents taking action from a place of alignment, and one of my favorites that I love <laughs> that Anna Laura does, using dance parties as a remedy for imposter syndrome. So let's dive in. I am so excited to bring you today's guest, you guys. She is such a freaking delight. Anna Laura Summer is a brand photographer for women-owned businesses and co-founder of the She Shines mentorship podcast and TV show, where she and her co-founder, Alex, help multi-passionate entrepreneurs build their champagne dream of a business. Does that not sound so delicious? Anna Laura has been featured in Oxygen Magazine, Huffington Post, and her photography has been featured in David's Bridal, Target, and more. She is absolutely fascinating. We dig into so much good stuff in this episode. So let's get to it. Hey, Anna Laura, how are you doing today? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to chat. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. I am super excited to dig into your really, really interesting life. So for (laughs) starters, you were an entrepreneur from a very young age, weren't you? Yes. Like 10, 11 years old, I started, (laughs) I started a scrapbooking business. Okay. So you got, I'll set the scene. Like I grew up in a very small town on a farm. So it's not like we had neighbors super close by or anything. So it was often just like me and my brothers, but then there are two older brothers. They're close in age. I was a little bit younger. And so to occupy my time, my introverted self, I started a scrapbooking business. And so I would make baby books for women in my hometown. And it's just, I've always had a, a creative side that I want to explore. So yeah, I love that. Age. So people would <laughs> give you photos and then you'd just give them a finished scrapbook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which now I have infant twin sons. And so I'm wishing that I had someone to do that because Lord knows I don't have the time to, to have of, like, scrapbook. that's not a business that I'm aware of, but it ought to be, you know, but I think it should be. So if you're listening and you have the time to create this, like hit me up <laughs> at me on Instagram, please. For um, real. Honestly. So, the, you know, obviously I'm going to date myself here, but this is back way before social media was ever even an idea, I think in somebody's brain, 
that I would do these scrapbooks. And so when social media did come out, I was like, oh, Instagram, especially, this is an online scrapbook. And so Mm -hmm. it just was right up my alley to hop on and jump on the Instagram train. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get to that. You you definitely like have a knack for it. That clearly comes from you having done it from a very young age. But I want to talk about your growing up again. Like you grew up on a farm and you said it gave you a unique perspective on life, one that enabled you to dream wildly and fearlessly. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that's amazing. I don't feel like that's how a lot of us grew up. And can you elaborate on what? Oh, sure. For sure. Uh, So I, I love talking about my childhood, honestly, like when I look back, like this is the kind of childhood that I I want for my son. So my brothers and I, like I I mentioned, I'm the youngest of three and uh, we had horses growing up and just miles and miles of land to roam free. It felt like the Lion King, you know, like everything the light touches kind of, you know, but don't go to that farm. Like that's not our property. Um, Kind (laughs) of like don't touch that. But we just had like tons of space to to just imagine and and create. And we would saddle up our horses on the weekends and we'd like, we would ask each other, do you want to go on an adventure? And that's what we called it. Like was just going for a horseback ride. We'd say, do you want to go on an adventure? Like, yeah. And so like, that's definitely something that I've carried with me through my life. It's like, do I want to go on an adventure? And, and so for my boys, that's definitely something that I want for them is to have that opportunity to be whatever they want to be. I mean, we would be everything from like Gus and Annie Oakley. We were like lonesome dove. I mean, we're riding in the wild West, even though it was this farm in Arkansas, we could be literally whatever we wanted to be. And then we'd come back. It felt like we were gone for years, but it was probably like a few hours because we were home. I'm pretty sure by lunch and we'd have a sandwich and go at it again. So yeah, that's what I mean by that wildly and fearlessly, like being able to you know, go after anything because we could be anything. Yeah. I i am so drawn to that description. Like, Hey, I wish that that was my growing up experience, <laughs> but I'm an only child. And so like yeah. entertaining myself was something that I, you know, got yeah. good at and I would take the dogs and I would go exploring in the fields and stuff like oh. that too. And like climb trees. And so, I mean, I can yes. relate on some level. But have you noticed this tendency? I don't know if it's just in my world, but I feel like parents have gotten more and more like everything's scary. Don't touch that. That'll burn you. Like, you know, Mm. and what you're describing is like the exact opposite. (laughs) I mean, that's definitely something my my brothers and I have talked about since then is, you know, like there, (laughs) there were probably some instances where, you know, maybe we would have gotten in a bit more trouble for, for doing these things, like going down, like into these big ditches, like crawling through these tunnels and things. And like, you know, not, not the safest, but like my parents, that's how they grew up as well. Like they would saddle up a horse and go out all day. And, and so for them, it was, that's how kids learn is by doing. And so giving us that space to really figure things out for ourselves and obviously look out for each other was huge too. And my husband, he grew up a similar way. He was more in town. Like he and his friends would ride their bikes, whereas I would ride horses, but they would ride their bikes and like, they would be gone all day to each other's houses, getting into trouble and stuff like that. So I, I think for us, it's so important for them to have that freedom. Like, you know, you want to have, there's a song that I love that I sing to my boys a lot. It's called banks by need to breathe. And it says, I want to hold you close and never hold you back. I'll be the banks to your river. And mm-hmm. so that's what I think that's kind of my parenting philosophy in a nutshell is to hold them close, but not hold them back. And just 
let them go, let them explore, let them do and see. But, you know, you have these boundaries as a parent for a re- like you're able to set those boundaries for your kid, but let them navigate them and explore. And that's just, again, I'm a brand new parent, so this might change, um, <laughs> but how I envision my parenting philosophy uh, would be to just not be too overbearing and let them, you know, be their yeah. wild little creative selves. <laughs> I just think that is going to serve them. It, I want to ask you, do you mm-hmm. think that that has served you in terms of creative risk-taking throughout your life? A hundred and ten percent. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. Being, like having that adventurous spirit that being able to explore things. I mean, that in conjunction with seeing how my parents live their lives was really, you know, we're guided by our upbringing, whether it's our family, friends, like a lot of that what's instilled in a young age carries forth in in adulthood. And so my dad, he was an entrepreneur. He didn't take PTO, but he was a farmer. I mean, so what I saw a lot of times, I think, especially now when we hear the word entrepreneur, we think, oh, they're not working full time. Or I know we just have the, a lot of times when you hear an entrepreneur, you have this idea of what it is. Whereas what I saw growing up was my dad was up before the sun rose, oftentimes not coming back till late at night. He was able to create his own schedule, but also he had to, like, there was such thing as like when to plant, when to harvest and all these things. Mm. And so just seeing that it's not all roses. I mean, you have to work. It is a business. Like seeing that from a young age really instilled a lot. And then same for my mom. I mean, she was home with us when we were young. And as we got older, she'd work outside the home too. And since then, she's like the ultimate multi-passionate entrepreneur. I mean, she is dabbled in a little bit of everything and she's so masterful at so many things. So she is like between the two of them, it makes complete sense. What I do now as both a photographer and then a business coach for multi-passionate entrepreneurs, like it makes sense because that's exactly who my parents are. They might not be together, but they are like with me, you know, like they've Hmm. instilled so many values in me. So yeah. Yeah, you got the best things about them and combined. Yeah, I mean, they might argue a little, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Well, so have you always recognized that you were multi-passionate? Like, tell me about that process. Did you wrestle with it? Because I think that like, we don't always like it at first. I love this question so much. That's such a good question. I've never thought of it, but absolutely. I wrestled with it like I mentioned, like a really creative spirit. I was always like kind of the artsy one. I didn't feel like I was that good at art. Like I really wanted to be a painter, but then somehow it got kind of watered down, I think. And I don't know whether that was the world or me trying to find my place in it or, or what, but I got this idea in high school that I was going to be a speech therapist. And that's the path my life took for the next several years. It was, what do I need to do to become a pediatric speech therapist? And there are aspects of that, that I genuinely loved. And don't get me wrong. I love that field. My best friend, my business partner, she's a speech therapist full time. It's such a needed profession and it definitely has its creative aspects and you can be flexible. You can work with any population under the sun. But for me, as I was going through the steps, I, like I said, I felt like I was just more so going on autopilot. And I knew that this wasn't going to be my forever career. Even you knew that I knew that I remember, I remember vividly standing in the hallway of my grad school speech clinic being like, why am I doing this? 
Wow. And that was before I had even finished grad school, but I'm like, I'm here. I made it this far. Something I totally leaped over and kind of the reason why I went on autopilot was my freshman year, two weeks into my freshman year of college, uh, my oldest brother, he was a, a lieutenant in the United States Army. He was deployed to Afghanistan and um, he was actually killed in action into my freshman year. Oh. And it was after that. I had already had this idea in high school that I would be a speech therapist. And so my freshman year, when most kids are changing their majors and exploring all these options, I was like, I'm going to pick something and go with it because my every ounce of energy was preoccupied. Mm. I mean, it was just going through the motions and um, just really making sure that not even myself, but my family was okay. Because Mm -hmm. as you can imagine that, that really did a number. My parents weren't together at that point. Um, They had just divorced two years prior to that. But um, I wanted to make sure that my family was okay. And they really just imploded. It felt like after that. And, uh, and it's kind of where like the service, it it makes sense now that I'm a photographer, because my first thing is like, I make sure everything else is okay. Like, worry about yourself last. Sure. Thing, um, which I learned going through that, that that's not the way to go through life. That's not what's best for everybody is to put everybody else first. Mm-hmm. Um, like self-care, like I can't stress that enough for business owners, for moms, for any human husbands, uh, <laughs> having this conversation with them at the mm-hmm. moment. And so, yeah, after losing, losing my oldest brother, I went on autopilot. And so I was like in grad school and I was like, I'm not going to do this rest of my life, but I'm here. I, I just need to get through. I just need to get through and I'll figure out something else. And it was then that I was introduced to a network marketing company. Actually, it was a health and wellness network marketing company. And I really liked aspects of that too. Like it, it was very much more, more of an entrepreneurial lifestyle. And that really appealed to me. Cause like I said, growing up, that's what I saw. Um, that was always something that was, that I held within me. And so I made this plan to start a health and fitness business and do a bikini fitness competition. And so even as I was working my first job, I, I was miserable in my first job okay. <laughs> out of grad school. And uh, my husband really encouraged me to find something outside of work to focus on. So I just went like all out in my, my health and fitness and that helped. So, but me that was so a much. side hustle, at but the it time. was a side hustle at the time. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even then I was kind of dabbling in multi-passionates because I had this other side of me that needed to be filled, which was like health. And I still really love health and fitness but I'm a speech therapist. So how can I do both? How can I be both? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, what I really talk about is also, as I'm building this fitness website, I had a box on there for like, it was called fuel. Okay. I had fuel for your body. And then I also wanted to do fuel for social media, but I was like, where does this fit into the puzzle? Because it doesn't make sense to have fitness and social media on the same thing. But as you can see, I had all these passions. Like I just wanted to serve people in different aspects, whether it was their health, whether it was social media, but I didn't quite know how to, how it all fit together. And I never even heard the term multi-passionate. Like I didn't know that could be a thing, but like I said, seeing my mom do all the things she's done, she's been a personal trainer and a fitness instructor. She's been a real estate agent. She's a registered nurse. She's like all these things. And so it didn't feel bad to me or wrong to me. It just felt confusing. 
is all good. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even so my mom is also extremely multi-passionate yeah. and never discouraged me from changing directions or whatever mm-hmm. I was into. She'd buy me all the books about that thing. But even with that being modeled for you, you still don't look like everybody else who like right. picked the thing and stayed with the thing and is slowly moving up the corporate ladder. Yeah. Like I'm not doing that. And I don't have a 401k. I mean, maybe you did, but I, I don't. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it just, it was so disorienting to feel like I was doing something unlike anybody else. Come to find out there's a ton of us out there. I know. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Which is like (laughs) the best news ever. But so you did definitely experience that, like just loneliness, but thankfully, like I said, I was in network marketing. And so there was like a team of people who were also very like-minded because my speech therapy friends didn't understand they were supportive. Like they weren't outright, but don't get me wrong. I definitely encountered like an outright, like, what are you doing a time or two, (laughs) but, but not for them. They were very much supportive and it felt kind of weird to talk. It's almost like you had to be different people. Like you couldn't, it was just such a a big part of, you know, as a multi-passionate, like it's such a big part of who you are. And so when you're talking to someone who hasn't maybe come to the realization that they're also multi-passionate because mm-hmm. I believe everyone is multi-passionate um, about something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if they haven't come to that realization, then it can be confusing for other yeah. people. I just want to like put you in one box and this is where you fit. And as multi-passionate people, like we know we, we've in a lot of different boxes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that, that was difficult and felt lonely at first, but thankfully I did have these supportive friends in, in network marketing. And that's how I met my now business partner, who is also a true multi-passionate. She was with a different network marketing company, but she slid into my DMs and we went out for coffee and just learned more about each other. And it turns out she's building a health and wellness fitness business in addition to her speech therapy job, wow. like I had been doing. And at that time I transitioned full time into health and fitness, but we just wanted to learn from each other. And we just kept meeting up and supporting each other. And that's how it, it turned into now a multi-passionate mentorship program. And we, we also have a podcast and everything. So like you said, like there's tons of us, we just don't always talk about it. Like we tend to it I, makes at first, especially, feel, yeah, I think it can make you feel insecure to be like, and yeah. this week I'm into this thing. And so Girl, maybe you're not sharing yes. your enthusiasm as much as you might. I consider myself a chameleon, like in mm. certain groups, I'm this way and it's all mm. authentically me. It's just a very it's like, different parts of you. Shine through and different. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Totally. I can definitely relate. This episode is brought to you by the multi-passionate master plan. Your dream job is closer than you realize. Imagine waking up each morning excited to start your day. Imagine being so engaged in your work that you forget to take breaks and only wrench yourself away when nature starts calling loudly. If you've ever lost time working on something you truly love, you know what it feels like to do the work you were put here to do. And it's a far cry from that feeling of dread you get at the beginning of your work week now. If you're ready to take the plunge into entrepreneurship, but don't know which of your thousand ideas to choose or where to begin once you've chosen, the multi-passionate master plan is for you. In this six-week group coaching program designed with squirrel brain creators in mind, you will uncover your million-dollar idea and create a roadmap that eliminates everything standing in your way. 
And if you jump on the wait list today, you'll get a special offer for 40% off the program cost when I open the doors next month. So is it finally time to take action? Because the only regret I hear from my entrepreneur friends time and time again is I wish I had done it sooner. If you don't want that to be you, pause this podcast, head over to JennyOConnor.com forward slash master plan and jump on the wait list today. Okay. So where did photography come in? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> right. So that was like my first business. I was like very open with it, right? Like I'm doing health and fitness now. It makes sense coming from speech therapy, which is also health related. That made absolute sense to people, right? Like they can kind of follow that journey. And so that, that sort of, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, a, a little, a little better. And so, but <laughs> the funny thing is I built this health and fitness business, but the whole time I'm getting more inquiries every single week as to my website, photography, social media. Like I'm getting more and more questions about that than I was about health and like, fitness. Hey, help me do. What yeah. You do. Like, Hey, who did your website? Why well, I, I did my website. Oh, can you help me with my, I'm like, well, it's not really my jam. I don't love to do it, but I can, you know, I can show you some pointers and then same thing with photography. And like I said, like social media. And so I was like, okay, God, like, where am I going with this? (laughs) Where are you taking me? And at the time at the network marketing company I was with, um, and just health and fitness in general, it, like, I'm so glad I had that chapter in my life to pursue it. Cause it really did help me. I think with so much from realizing my love of entrepreneurship to my love of community and also how physical fitness played a part in helping me grieve my brother too. Mm. And just having that, the, the physical outlet, um, really helped me mentally and emotionally as well. And so, you know, looking back, I get, I do get asked my husband, like, do you, do you wish you hadn't done that? And absolutely not. Like, I'm so glad I had that because a lot of the opportunities I have now I wouldn't have had, had it not been for the network marketing and health and fitness chapter. And, but like I said, like, it felt like it was coming to a close. And I just remember there was this one summer where everything felt so rocky. And I was like, I felt like I was standing on the edge of a cliff and I didn't know what the next step was going to be. And so I was like, where, where am I going? (laughs) What's going on with this? And I was on a road trip with my husband that summer and he was in grad school at the time. And we had this big, long conversation. He's like, what do you want? If you could just like envision the perfect career for you, like, what would it be? So I wrote down a list of all the things that I wanted from a a job or a career or a new business. And it was to be able to travel and socialize with other female entrepreneurs and take pictures and, you know, still like, I love social media so much and being able to meet people that way. And I thought at the time, all those things pointed to lifestyle YouTuber, Well, that was not the case. Um, Shortly after that, I picked up my camera again and started playing around. And I I never quite put it away completely, but I started getting more into like the creative side of photography rather than just documenting events or like personal things. Just really trying to explore it a little more like I did when I was a kid. Like I always had a camera in my hand as a kid. And um, so I got this idea, like got struck with it one day and told my husband, I was like, what if I started a photography business? He was like, interesting. Like, tell me more. And I was like, well, I wouldn't work weddings. I don't want to work with weddings. I don't want to do newborns. Like it would just be like branding photography for female entrepreneurs. And he was like, that sounds really cool. Like 
do you think you can make money with that? And I'm like, I don't know. Let's, let's try it out and see. And I was told by many photographers at that time, especially because this is before, like now branding photographer, I feel like is a, a well-known term. Sure. Um, but this was 2017, 2018, not so well-known. The circle I ran in, very few people were doing it at that time. But I was told by several photographers, well, weddings are where you're going to make your money. And I was like, well, I don't want to work weddings. <laughs> I can already tell that's not my jam. But anyways, I- As a I recovered a, wedding planner, I can you understand. You. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was yes. like, listen, like I was a bride once, like I wasn't a bridezilla, but like, I don't think I want to do that again. Um, like if I'm going to go to a wedding, it's going to be as a guest. And um, so, yeah, I, I actually ended up making a secret Instagram account. And I talked with uh, my business partner for She Shines, which is our, our multi-passionate uh, entrepreneurship mentorship. Like I talked with her and she's like, yeah, that makes sense. I talked with my brother who was like, you literally always had a camera in your hands. Like, why wouldn't you do this? Yeah, so people who knew me really well, it made complete sense. Probably to everyone else, they're like, oh, now she's a photographer today. Um, right. <laughs> but again, as a multi-passionate, like, you know, you know yourself better than anyone. And so being able to tap into these different sides of you really see like what strengths you have, like what can you do with them, especially for creatives? Like that's so important to not shut that box. So like close the lid on the box of yes. your creativity. Like it's going to come out one way or another. So yeah, made a secret Instagram account and sooner than I wanted to word got out. Thanks to my brother and my best friend and my husband, <laughs> like all the people that I told, they started sharing it for me. Uh, Cause I was scared. I was scared of what people thought and really scared to put myself out there again, scared of failing, scared of changing my mind and all the things that I had just gone through with my health and fitness business. Like I was, I was just worried what people would think. And so yeah, it took off, like I said, a lot faster and with so much more ease than my health and fitness mm. business had. It wasn't easy, but it felt just, I feel like when you're operating from that place of alignment, like yep. when all the things come together, I mean, things just start happening. And, yeah. uh, you know, now like not saying again, not saying it's not work, not saying it's easy, but it didn't feel so forced and it just all made sense like every step that I'd taken to get there, speech therapy, fitness, all of it made more sense whenever I really went more into leaned into that side of myself um, yeah. with branding photography. Yeah. I agree with that. When you're in alignment, like the next step becomes like uh, so it's much of clear. being multi-passionate is like, what am I doing? What's next? Like wh where it's so overwhelming. Yeah. But when you're in alignment, you're like, I know what to do today. Like I know what mm -hmm. the next step is. You can sort of see that path laid out for yeah. you. And that's like that moment is sort of like the clouds partying oh. and we're like, oh, exactly. exactly <laughs> that. Yes. So you're, you're a self-taught photographer then you got that from mom from yeah, really both my parents. And so it's just funny now I feel like both of them are coming back to their photographer roots or whatever it is. I don't know their passion for it as well. And so it's just been really cool. I've, like, um, I love that it trickled yeah. down like that. It's so you. cool. It like trickled down and then like trickled back up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. So your photography is amazing. That's why I'm a little bit mind boggled that you're self-taught. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Everyone who's listening, go to her Instagram feed like immediately. It's beautiful. But yeah. so I have to ask you, yeah. you have all these great photos of yourself. 
Do you take them yourself? No. So that was years and years of training an Instagram husband. And so okay. that's like, I, I would say that. probably <laughs> 90% of the photos you see of me, Cody took, and that did not start out that way. And he would be the first to tell you, I love him. I feel like just on those shoots of like, if he was taking pictures of me, we really learned a lot about communication and, um, I I learned to not be so (laughs) nitpicky and, uh, (laughs) just be grateful because he's trying. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I learned the compliment sandwich is key with like everything. So it's like, for instance, it's, you're doing so great. Thank you so much for being here. Um, can you maybe straighten the camera just a little bit and like zoom out just a smidge so I can crop later? I really appreciate you being here. You're doing such an awesome job. And yeah. so that is the compliment sandwich. And so you get a little constructive feedback in the middle there rather than what I used to do was how on earth are you holding the camera so crooked? I look like the leaning tower of Pisa. <laughs> Why am I the size of an ant in this photo? Could you zoom in just a little bit, please? So just this makes me laugh because the I go everywhere with my best friend who was yeah. also a guy and like, I love him. He is the worst photographer ever. <laughs> So so what you're saying is there is hope. I just have to be extraordinarily patient. Yes, it is like it's patience and communication and, and also like making it fun. We started like doing a little like reels, you like not YouTube, Instagram reels series on this, like last year, but then we moved. I was pregnant with twins. Like everything kind of went up in the air, but we need to resume this, uh, Instagram husband reel series. over that. I love so, it. Yes, you do need to resume that, please. Because yeah, he has so many good tips and it's like it's making it efficient and fun and just not all work the entire time because yeah. that was something that got really old really quick. He was like, oh my gosh, are we done yet? Yeah. I mean, so, that's yeah. the thing is like, that's not what he signed up for. That's not what my best friend exactly. like, hanging out with me. It was right. like, I want to take yeah. photos of you all the time. Like I could see how that could be a little bit annoying, but once in a while, I just want you to get <laughs> like snap a good, just one good one, one good photo. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. let's like take a day out of the month and go like batch a ton. So you don't even have to worry about it for the next six months. Like, right. So- Exactly. We did that a time or two and it was so helpful. Good. Um, okay. So this gives me hope a little bit yes. that maybe we'll get there eventually. I, what cracks me up and maybe you'll appreciate this. I think he has seen enough movies where like in the photo shoot, they're going snap, 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 snap. So he just hits the button and takes like a hundred of the exact same photo thinking that he's doing that. And then I'm like moving in between, but that's not at all. It's, not. it's just a hundred of the same photo of me looking yes. like an ant. It's like a flip book of you blinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it makes me laugh so hard that he's like, look, I took a hundred. Surely there's a good the one in there. Like, yeah. Variety. But thank you for your efforts. <laughs> <laughs> Compliment sandwich. There you go. Right. Exactly. No, that, that, that actually is a very useful piece of advice. I think for any time that you are asking someone to do something Literally. for you where they might not be getting paid <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Be mindful of how you speak to them. Lovingly. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've got tons of great tips and certainly that is one, but I want to talk to you about imposter syndrome because I think mm. that's something that we obviously all really struggle with. What are some tips you have for overcoming that? Oh, 
boy, I feel like this needs to be a book. Can someone write the book on imposter syndrome and how yeah. to overcome it? Because literally Actually, it is. There is one. This one. Oh, she says, I have one right here. The Middle the Finger middle Project by Ash Amberjay. I have heard of that. She, this woman, she's very foul-mouthed. I don't know if that appeals to you or not, but I love her. And this is all about imposter syndrome. It like changed my entire life. It's so That's good. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you, if you have a link, send it my way. Absolutely. Um, and I will also link to that in the show notes for all those of you that are listening to this, yes. but specifically you mentioned something about a dance party. I want to say, <laughs> okay. So that? yes, I love it. So I have, um, believe it or not, like in spite of the podcast and like I've, I've done a few speaking engagements and things like that. But like I mentioned, I'm a huge introvert and in grad school, I would always tell people, um, cause we, we had a church group that, that met up like a women's small group that met at my house thing because of my roommate, again, introvert, I would not have volunteered my home at that time for (laughs) a bunch of women to come over to. So I'm like, no, this is my space. But it was the best thing that ever happened to me, honest to goodness. But uh, it just really showed me like the love of community and like how important that is. I digress. In that group, I would always say, I'm a writer, not a speaker. And so anytime I would like go to speak up in this group, that was the first thing I would say. And so it was automatically like setting the stage for like, I don't know how this is going to come across. Like, I, I don't know if I, I'm not the most eloquent all the time, even today. Obviously you can tell I'm not the most eloquent speaker at all, but I'm here, I'm showing up. And so before podcast interviews, um, especially where I'm the guest, hi, like today or masterclass trainings or, or things like that, I will have a mini dance party. And it's just a way to like, let off some of that excess energy. You can't see me, but I've very much talk with my hands a lot and I'm, I'm super animated, but like to just kind of get out some of that excess energy and just, it's a way, like I said, like physical movement, it's just a way for me to kind of like refocus and, and regroup before being able to come on and hopefully speak somewhat clearly, but now we also have to overcome mom brain. So that is, yeah, you do have mom brain working against you. Always. I feel, I feel like that you can just say like, Hey, it's mom brain for, for a very long time. I mean, for years to come, if you for years until they're 18, uh, yeah. for the next 18 years, I will have mom brain and, um, anyone speaking with me just know this. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, I know uh, that every mom that I've ever tried to have a conversation with, it can't stay focused. They're just like, wait, wait, where are you? You know, so that yeah. it, it is a very real <laughs> phenomenon. And so as long as you can work that you may as well. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. But, but going back to this dance party, like for me, it's physical movement for, for some people it might yeah. be sitting and meditating before, like if, if these are in situations where you get nervous, you get all up in your head, you're doing something that's totally out of your comfort zone. And for me, largely that is speaking because I get so in my head about what I'm going to say, how it's going to come across. Like, am I going to get my message across clearly? And then I also do a lot of events and speakings and uh, speaking engagements and podcast interviews with my co-founder, She Shines, Alex, who is an, an amazing, just naturally gifted speaker. And so I'm in my head comparing myself to her and how her. she's going like, wow, you said that so well. And so 
it just, you know, having this little, this little ritual to get me out of my head and more like into, into the moment really helps me. But again, if that sounds like you may, you're like, yeah, but dancing is going to like totally just upend my energy and my thoughts. So I need to get centered before like mm-hmm. pray, meditate, like whatever it is that just like brings, like calms that, that anxiety and calms that, that nasty little voice that wants to try to tear you down. That is your imposter syndrome. It, it's so. the taking you out of your head thing, like, which yeah. is meditation is hard for me. So while that mm-hmm. absolutely might work for some people, like yeah. I would just be sitting there like mulling over and what yeah, I was, yeah. <laughs> dancing, like I can just kind of lose myself in dancing. I have a happiness playlist. So this is kind I of along that. the same lines. You don't even I have to dance. It. You could just like sing at the top of your lungs. And Literally. it's those songs that like, you can't not like bop yes. your head to when you hear yes. them. Those are the songs that go on that kind of playlist. And that is my go-to before I'm being interviewed because no matter how many times I do it, I'm still going to get nervous just like you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think that that is so good. It's just the, like for a moment, removing yourself from the perseverating over what am I going to say? What if I screw mm-hmm. up? What if I flood my words? What, you know, all those mm-hmm. limiting beliefs that we have. Yes. I just yes. think that that is, that is such a good, that I, I read that in your Instagram feed and I was like, well, I'm going to ask her about the dance party. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. But like, pre anything dance party yeah, and pre anything. Yeah, I'm like you like music. I just, I love music. So a, another passion, but not for, <laughs> not for, for public consumption, for, you know? Yeah. No one, no <laughs> one needs to hear that. My boys, they bless their hearts. They see enough of mom's crazy dance moves. Um, oh, <laughs> so well, maybe they'll yeah. have that as their go-to method one day. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you touched okay. upon the fact that you do like a bazillion different things, even now podcast. And you all, you also have a TV show with mm-hmm. she shines, right? Yes. Yeah. And you, you told me before we started that you do your own podcast editing, which I can't believe you do in addition <laughs> to running your photography business and being a mom of twins. So please explain how you do all of these things. Like, do you have a time management strategy that is like your go-to mm. So it is a constant evolution. And I want to say by nature, I'm not an organized person. Like that's the first thing I would not classify myself as an organ. Like on the scale of, I always say like the scale of Monica to Phoebe, I am more of a Phoebe than a Monica from friends there like that. I'm definitely more her, but I've learned over time because like Phoebe, we love her, but like, shouldn't always get things done. Right. Mm. And so you got to like tap into your Monica qualities. And so over time, just figuring out systems that work for me. And it might just be seasonally too. Like what works for me five years ago might not work for me now. So trying to force that same system into my, the current time I have isn't going to work. Cause like you mentioned now I have twins and they're at the time of this recording, they're four months old. And so they need a lot of mom in the day. Um, and so having to restructure my time, like I do find at least 30 minutes once a week to sit down and look at my yearly goals. Um, so beginning of every year, my husband and I, our favorite holiday is new year's and we'll write out our goals and share them with each other and their individual and couple goals, like goals for our family. And mine are broken down into personal, physical, family, professional, and then the professional has like a few categories of its own. 
And um, so, yeah, being able to look back at those and then plan out the next month and then Mm -hmm. break that down into what needs to happen this week then to make that that happen. And so really it's just taking a look at like your macro goals and fitting them into your schedule. Mm -hmm. Right. And because it's easy, I think, to look at these long-term goals and visions for our life and, and be like, oh yeah, but it'll never happen. Well, it totally can. You just have to break down all the things you need to do to get them done and then schedule it in your day. Don't try to schedule 25 things in your day. Your to-do list is never ending. Mm-hmm. Like things are going to slip through the cracks. It happens. So for me, picking each day, then one to three things. Mm-hmm. If I can get these one to three most important priority things done, in addition to keeping my boys alive, keeping yeah. our dogs fed, you know, like <laughs> just the normal, keeping myself sane, um, you know, then then that's a win. It's a win. Everything else is just cherry on top. Right. Um, so one to three things, um, to, to focus on that is that's the kicker. And it's one to three things that are going to move you forward the most in like toward your goal. So for me, it's my business. What is the one to three things? Is it sending out those emails, like the product photography proposals? Is it this interview? Is it like any number of things? not everything can be a priority every single day. So mm-hmm. just picking a very small number of things, this is again, what worked for me, um, that will, I think, ease up some of the, uh, the guilt and frustration and discouragement we often feel, or I often feel whenever I had 10 things on my to-do list today and I only got one to three of them done. Yeah. Now I can celebrate. I'm like, oh, shoot, I did so much. I did so much in addition to all these other non-negotiable things that are just on my plate and stay there. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It feels so much better to get everything on your to-do list done in a day rather mm-hmm. than like the story of my life is like, <laughs> well, there's 17 more things that I didn't even come close to. So yes. I, I really like that. Like I'm resistant to choosing three. Cause I'm like, but there's 17, but there's but, 17. Yeah. But you also have so many more days in the week. Right. Not all to get them of those are top priority due today. Mm-hmm. You know, the, like the thing that's going to move your business forward the fastest, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I love what you said about seasonal, because yeah. for me, I, it's a constant work. Yeah. It's like this malleable ball of like time management strategies that some mm-hmm. fall away. And then I add some new ones. Like right now I'm doing days that are blocked for like, so, mm, so this today yeah. is a social media day and it's yeah. been working really, really well, but me in a month, if I'm still doing that, I might not. I, <laughs> I've done that. I've done that before. I might in the future, go back to that. For me, it's like, it's not even days at this point. It's just hours. Cause like I mentioned, infant twins, um, right. not a whole lot happens outside of that at the moment. Sure. Um, like every single day, but I say not a whole lot happens outside of that. That was a lie. I know tons of stuff happens outside of that. I know, um, but it's not like I. I don't feel at this point like I can have a full day dedicated right. to to things I I used to. But that would totally change like in a year or two, three. But for now, it's just like these little tasks, and then fitting them in your day. So if you're like me and you're a mom of a newborn or two you know, when they're napping, I know a lot of people are like, but that's when you're supposed to nap. And that's true for a season. Give yourself grace, give yourself rest. That is the utmost priority for everyone on the planet Mm. is to get rest when you can. Thankfully, 
they're sleeping through the night now. So I don't have to nap at all. So Um, they must know that you're multi-passionate and very busy. They do. do. I think they do. I mean, like for these little little squishy angels, but um, yeah, they're sleeping through the night, thankfully. So I'm able to dedicate more awake hours to my business. And sometimes like Yesterday, I wanted to get some work done when they're napping. I had my one to three things and it was sending off proposals for photography. And um, that didn't happen because they refused to nap where they normally nap and they only wanted to nap on mom. And I'm like, you know what? Like for the next, you know, I won't get that opportunity every single day. Yeah. Like, you know, I can send the proposals later tonight when they're asleep. I can send them like, you know, later on, like, again, giving yourself grace and also recognizing like some moments are very fleeting and my boys won't be the age where they want to sleep on mom all the time. Um, very soon, probably sooner than I would like. And so really just continuing to try to be in the moment, just like in addition to not despite, but in addition to having goals and working toward them, not being so focused on the future that you forget and totally block out everything that's going on right now. Cause in the meantime, that's life. Like you are, you have these beautiful blessings that come every moment of every day. And it's, are you choosing to see them? Are you choosing to look past them because you're so eager for this goal to happen and this vision for your future? When you have these little, I think moments of that vision now, like you, you can live in, in that, in your vision already. Yeah. If that makes any sense at all. No, that's that what I'm saying. No, no, that that's so well said. And I completely agree. And I, I kind of love that put it exactly that way. It is so evident to me that I could keep you for like <laughs> multiple more hours. We have been chatting a long time. I know. I, didn't I know. And, and I want to make sure that my audience knows where to find you and that you tell, sure. like, explain the community, what they ha- what could it. get from following your community and just give me all of those details, please. For sure. So everything is both on my website, analarasummer.com, as well as my personal Instagram at analarasummer. You can f- check out my portfolio, like you mentioned or- earlier, um, but also She Shines and that's She X Shines. Um, and that is our community for multi-passionate entrepreneurs where uh, my beautiful co-founder, Alex and I, we just have such a, a passion and a heart for helping multi-passionate business owners, you know, build their champagne dream of a business, despite the overwhelm that we discussed in this podcast, that it can feel to be a multi-passionate person. Do you guys do live events? We do. That's actually where we got started was our very first thing before we even had a mission statement before we even knew what we were doing was a live event. We just loved hanging out with the other person. We loved meeting up with the other person and yeah, we wanted to, to have a live event, um, together. And it was from that, that we had live events up until COVID. And then I moved away from Philly. I'm now in Charleston, but we're hoping to bring those back in 2023. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I would love to attend one at some point. And I highly encourage all of you listeners. I will drop all of those links in the show notes and definitely go follow her on Instagram. Check out her beautiful photography. It's so inspiring. One day I'll get there. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. This has been such a pleasure. Anna Laura, thank you so much for spending this time with me today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I'll talk to you very soon. 
Thank you so much for joining us on the She Shines podcast. Before you go, be sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode. Plus, we would love to hear what you enjoyed most. So share a takeaway and be sure to tag us at SheXShines. And lastly, please take a sec to leave a thoughtful review or pass this episode on to someone you feel could use it. Until next time, keep shining. Cheers, girlfriend.